Hey, yo, welcome to the Fight Heart Podcast. <laughs> it's me, John Johnson, your fearless leader and uh, the guy that started all this crap. Uh, I don't know where, uh, I don't know where Greg is. Uh, Haas has a job interview. I think he had one today and then he has one tomorrow. And I think it's important that Haas goes and, and gets a job and becomes a productive member of society. So uh, I'm here by myself right now. I mean, we scheduled a live session, so we might as well do a live session, even if it's only for a little bit. Uh, you know, somebody else might show up. And uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, Greg might show up. Nate might show up. Uh, I, if I ever had, I I don't know if you guys follow Corn Craze, Connor over there, but he's he and I communicate, and and he does a nice live show, but he does his with like a guy who knows how to do engineering and take phone calls. And I've thought about doing that, but it's a lot of, uh, you know, it's a lot. There's a lot of thinking going on when these things are happening, and it, it's hard to keep up on all this stuff and uh, I don't think I know I don't know if we'll ever do phone calls but I have thought about some way that we could have more audience participation I haven't figured that out yet um, I have no idea what we're talking about other than there's a bunch going on we have Illinois coming up and we have uh, Nebraska basketball kind of does an exhibition game against Colorado this weekend and Nebraska lost in volleyball in three sets to those stinky badger people from Wisconsin. And uh, I just talked a lot. <sighs> so Josh says he yelled at Greg, uh, yelled at Greg. I hope, you know, I hope nothing's happening that, that is bad. Uh, so I am completely ill prepared for this. So maybe, you know what, if you guys have questions, throw them at me, and we'll see if Nate can join us. Nate was supposed to join me, and we have had problems with his audio, and we'll see if how much better he's doing on a phone. How you doing, Nate? Hey, John. Is this better? <laughs> it's, it's better, but it's still a little choppy and behind. <sighs> okay. Did, did you have topics for tonight? <laughs> We're a well-organized group. Somebody should be in charge of this. It's like Scott Frost is in charge of this shit. You know what I mean? Kind of shows up when he wants to and just, uh, ooh, man, we're going to just beat that guy into the ground. I am for the rest of my life. Okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> we're going to do this. <sighs> Yeah, the audio the audio is pretty bad. Well, I can iPad and if that doesn't work, then let's okay. Yeah, we'll try. We'll figure you out later. We'll figure you out later. Thanks for trying. All right. All right. Bye. Take care. <laughs> like I said, uh, we're a well-organized group. Okay. You know what? We'll just go right into the comments. Uh, let's see. I did uh, the video last night about the post-game reaction on the Wisconsin game, and I'll let you in on a secret. When I do football recaps and stuff, I kind of get the flow of a football game, right? I, I can pay attention to what's going on throughout the game, and 
how do I put this? I understand the important plays and I understand the flow and I understand how to write a recap and how to do a recap. But when it comes to like sports where there's a movement all the time, like football, you have a play and then you pause. You have a play and then you pause. And I can do that. For some reason, I really have a lot of difficulty with like being able to report or regurgitate a sport like volleyball. There were, my point is this. I thought it was interesting. I did the reaction. And what I really wanted to say was what other people said in the YouTube comments. Like, for example, uh, we did a very bad job of passing. And I remember reading, if you remember right, John Cook has a national championship book out about how his coaching stuff and everything like that. Brandon Vogel, nice guy, really good writer, Hale Varsity. Uh, I think he wrote it really. And then, you know, John Cook, they kind of co-wrote it together. But the one thing that stuck with me about that book is I think it was John Cook that said, you only play as well as you pass. And Nebraska didn't pass well. And what you saw from Wisconsin was when they dug the ball, they, they passed it very well to Sarah Franklin and she kicked our ass and it was really disappointing. The other thing somebody point somebody made was uh, Whitney Lowenstein. Good God. Whitney Lowenstein had uh, was having a a hard time, and I think other players tried to either compensate for that or, you know, that's that's kind of what I took away with it. And then uh, I did the video about Illinois, and that was kind of a little bit under duress too because I had a server down this morning, and I knew I wanted to get an Illinois video out and talk a little bit about Illinois, but at the same time I had people screaming at me about. Uh, oh my God, the servers crashed and we need to do something about it. So it was, uh, it was interesting. Okay. Uh, let's take a look at your comments. Matt Hansen says, always enjoy your shows. Thank you very much, Matt. Uh, Oh, well, Matt Hansen, again, I'm just clicking on these things. That volleyball match made me sad. I think it was what? Wisconsin's eighth row, uh, eighth men in a row against us, which is really getting to be quite annoying. Blaine Cole, hello from Japan. I appreciate the fact that somebody from Japan uh, tunes in. Someday maybe we'll have you on and you can talk about, uh, you know, what's, what it's like. Are there Husker fans in Japan? If there are, do you all gather? Are there watch places in Japan where you can gather as a Husker fan? Japan has always intrigued me because, uh, you know, their culture is just kind of, well, it's weird. And uh, my daughter infected me with watching anime, and I, I do watch way too much anime for a 60-year-old crusty old man. But uh, anyway, that's that's my Japan thing. We can talk about the Illinois defense. Well, Jake Keach, what what do we want to talk about with the Illinois defense? What do you guys think about the Illinois defense? Let's go look up some stats really quick. Um, come on, John, get your butt together. I know that Illinois has the second-best pass defense in the nation. I don't know that they played any really prolific offenses. I don't know if we really have a prolific offense. Uh, but... I think the biggest question about this game coming up that I didn't cover completely was 
is Illinois going to be able to cover Trey Palmer? Is Illinois being is Tommy Hill going to get any into this game? And I think we've seen a little bit about him being a, a, just a shred of him being athletic. And it'd be nice to me see more out of guys like Marcus Washington, Alante Brown. Okay, nationally, let's look it up. Nationally, total defense number one is Illinois, giving up 221 yards a game. That is uh, that's pretty exceptional. Let's go down and take a look at their game log. So they played Wyoming, uh, Indiana, Virginia, Chattanooga, which really doesn't count. Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota. And I think out of all of those teams, you could probably guess which one's the worst in, in terms of giving up yards, Illinois giving up yards, and you'd be wrong. Uh, Iowa actually got 316 total yards against them. Wisconsin only managed 304. Minnesota, 472. I think I, I watched I watched some of the Illinois Wisconsin, some of Illinois Iowa. Iowa is always intriguing to me to watch just to see how bad their offense is going to be, and I you know the whole forensic thing is kind of it's it's like watching a car. You know, you drive you're in heavy traffic and you go past a car wreck and you're constantly looking over there to see how bad it is. That's why I watch Iowa football right now. It's kind of sad, but that's true. Uh, <clears throat> They beat up. They beat up. I think the one point I probably didn't make that I really wanted to make in the, the video about Illinois is I thought they physically beat up Minnesota, and that was kind of surprising to me because I thought Minnesota was a pretty – well, I think I, I, Minnesota is intriguing to me because, they, you know, they went through their non-conference schedule like butter and a hot knife thing. And then they they really have bogged down lately. They beat up Minnesota. They ran over them, and uh, Minnesota really didn't. Uh, I don't know. I didn't feel like at any point in that game Illinois was going to lose, and I thought Minnesota would be much more physical than they were. They have one of the things that I think we need to be aware of is that if you go to sacks nationally, whereas Illinois, Illinois is fifteenth with 23 sacks, but when you really look at the statistic here at sacks per game, it's uh, Illinois is 11th with 3.29 sacks per game. You go and you look at the game log, and what do you see? Well, you see they, gave, they got five sacks against Virginia, five sacks against Chattanooga, five sacks against Wisconsin, two against Minnesota. Minnesota doesn't throw the ball that much. But they have four teams there. Did I list four? Four sacks against Iowa. Four teams there where they got five sacks apiece. I mean, you kind of look at them, and I mean, think in the past you probably, at least I do, when I saw this, I thought, well, they're getting sacks against not very good teams. And then I thought, well, okay. <laughs> We're not a very good team. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. Our offensive line is not very good. Casey Thompson, I hope, has a lot more pocket presence in this game for his life's sake. Iowa, they probably got five sacks against because Spencer Petrus can't move for he can't move very well at all. And let's face it, Iowa's offensive line isn't as good as they've been in the past. Wisconsin, five sacks. Uh, that was when Wisconsin was still trying to figure out what they were doing after their head coach got fired. So you had that kind of mentality game there. So I think <clears throat> I did say in the preview video today. Uh, it was also a prediction video, and I just 
I guess, let me take more looks at the comments here. Uh, well, Sam Matney, here you go. I'll just put this up here. Sam Matney asks, will we win? Well, honestly, I, you know, I, I wish there are some times in my life I wish I could be more of a sunshine pumper, but uh, it, I don't. Then I have to remember that I was a sunshine pumper. I don't honestly see Nebraska winning this game. Uh, and the reason why is because, as I said in the earlier video, Illinois is just strong where we're weak. You know, in order for us to beat Illinois, we have to have a, a, a very strong front seven. And, and we do not have a very strong run front seven. Our linebacking core is uh, lacking in depth of players that play well. And I don't know what's if that's probably part of that is because they're not being as coached as well as they could be. I, I don't – the thing about athleticism, you could say, well, they're slow. Well, when you're hesitant and you're not confident, you're automatically slow because you're thinking about two stu stuff too much. And uh, you just don't react quickly enough. Okay, let's go. Brandon Stiver. Brandon Stiver. What's left to achieve for this season other than attempt to solidify Mickey as a new head coach? You know, I think Nebraska could possibly get to a bowl game because uh, what are we at, three wins now? I mean, you know, could you get to two wins and get into a bowl game? I think five and seven would probably get Nebraska into a bowl game. Depends on how many other teams, and there's tons of bowl games. And would we take it? I would hope so, just because. But uh, I, I, Minnesota, Minnesota right now looks like they look like they're lacking in confidence. Honestly, I mean, we're not going to beat Michigan. Michigan's a very good team. I put them up there in the top. I don't know five, six teams in the nation possibility to go to the college football playoff. But Minnesota and Iowa, Iowa is in complete disarray with their offense just meeting, just, um, you know, just uh, it's just a mess, Iowa. So if you can pick up wins against Minnesota and Iowa and Wisconsin, you don't know what you're going to get because they're not necessarily in complete disarray, but they are kind of – they're in a little disarray. How's that? <laughs> they're a little discombobulated. And I, I, you know, so is there things to accomplish? Yeah, break. Did you get guys get tired of hearing all this stuff? Nebraska hasn't been to a bowl game in blah 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 years. Well, it'd be nice to get that shit off our back. So yeah, there is some stuff uh, to accomplish. And other than attempt to solidify Mickey as a head new head coach, honestly, if he doesn't get some wins, uh, you know what? I'll save Mickey Joseph for a little bit. Let me go through some of these things. Uh, <laughs> choppy and behind the Scott Frost story 30 for 30 well that'd be one phrase we could come up with uh, <clears throat> Jay Keach says Wisconsin is a very good team I, I think that depends on the week I think they're still trying to find themselves and I think that they're I think they're okay they're not very good maybe that's me you know, there, there has been – people have made the point to me, you know, I think Haas made that point that uh, maybe you should look at the Big Ten West and stop being so down on the entire division and just say they cannibalize each other. And uh, I don't know. What do you guys think of that? Uh, I was thinking of getting a Cornhuskers logo in Japanese. Oi, talk about difficulty in translation. I'd like to hear more about that. 
Matt and uh, has yikes. Illinois is going to be brutal. I fear, you know, it could be just because uh, I don't think it's going to be like 83 to nothing, but I think that they watching them physically beat us up is a, is a definite possibility. Uh, ground and pound. So uh, Fred Sacco mentions ground and pound. And I think Bert, our buddy, Brett Billima is perfectly happy to run the ball every freaking play of that game. Maybe throw the ball once in a while to keep his quarterback interested and his receivers interested. Kind of like, hey, if you guys go block, we'll throw a ball to you once every 15 plays. Uh, Sunshine Pumper was our former head coach's Tinder handle. (laughs) Okay, Sam Matney says, John, will you be at the Minnesota game next year? Uh, 98% chance yes, because I, I live here. Uh, I have a whole family of people that one of them is a Minnesota grad now who lives with me. He has a degree. I think it's in applied math. And they would like to go to the game because they would like to see Nebraska get beat up by Minnesota, some of them. And then there's a little bit of Nebraska in there. My oldest son is uh, my oldest son is more of a Nebraska fan than uh, uh, the, obviously the Minnesota alum. Let's see. <clears throat> okay, Sam also says, we need to meet our fearless leader. Normally what happens when people come to Minnesota, when there's a game in Minnesota, the Minnesota for, alum, Minnesota for Nebraskans alumni group has gatherings at the Mall of America on the night before the game. And uh, I usually go out and see those because it's a chance to gather with other Minnesota, uh, well, Minnesotans for Nebraska alumni, and I know some of them, and they're friends of mine, and we see each other at Nebraska events if I get out. And anymore, I'm normally not getting credentialed, so I have more time to talk to people. Uh, Fred Sacco says, will you streak the field if we win? No. Nobody needs that. Maybe if I was 20 and tan. <laughs> Listen, when you're this age and you go streaking, there's not people get blinded by that shit. And, you know, I love humanity, and I don't want to do that to people because that would be terrible. Uh, all right. You, what else you guys got for me? Let me ask you some questions. Are any of you, any of you whatsoever going to pay attention to the men's basketball team this year? Right out of the gates. I mean, we have an exhibition coming up against Colorado on Sunday. It's a charity game. It does not count against our record is my understanding. We will have a preview at Coronation out tomorrow. And let's go take a look at this real quick. <clears throat> Jay Keach says yes. That's one person. Frostbite Scott <laughs> says hell no. Why is that Frostbite Scott? Is it because they're bad or you just don't like basketball? Okay, there's more hell no. There's another hell no. Uh, the game against... Boulder against Colorado is on the Pac-12 Plus stream, which sounds like like four people will be able to see that. Your audio is in and out busted up. Maybe we're having a problem with all of this stuff because we did have a problem a couple weeks ago. 
um, with audio. And maybe I could probably uh, keep my face closer to the mic all the time. Anybody else having problems with the audio? <clears throat> Let's see. Sam Matney says, Nebraska has a basketball team. Yes, we do. It's kind of required to be in the Big Ten. You have to have a basketball team. And I know that there's a lot of people that are like, ah, we should get rid of the basketball team. But, you know, the basketball team actually makes a lot of money. So, <clears throat> uh, I guess I'm going to pay attention to men's basketball just because, you know, I always try to have hope for them being decent. I think that I'll say this, Matt, I'm forgetting the guy's name, the coach that left last year. I think that I, I wonder now put it this way. It sounds like Hoiberg is going to put together a team this year. That's going to focus a lot more on defense and a lot more on playing big 10 basketball than doing the hero type stuff that ball that we've seen in the past. I mean, I didn't mind watching Alonzo Verge play, but there was a lot of times that he just decided that he was going to do everything. And I don't, you know, Bryce McGowan's was fun to watch sometimes, but it was pretty clear that he, A, wasn't physical enough for the Big Ten, and two, didn't involve his teammates as much as he probably could have had he had more time to develop. So I do think it'll be interesting to see what happens as the team gets together and as the season goes on. I think the real key for Nebraska is, we have a little bit more big guys, it sounds like, with Derek Walker returning and Blaze Keita, I think his name is. And then are we going to be able to rebound? But the key is are we going to actually be able to shoot? Because that's really the – that's been the thing is we had all these guys that, okay, can C.J. Wilcher hit threes, can Kaisei Tongmanaga hit three? Those are what those guys are there for kind of. And they really need to kind of do that in order for us to win games. Uh, Vince Watson says maybe in March if they are still around. <clears throat> well, that's you know that's fair. I get that. Nebraska hasn't had basketball for well most of our years in existence. Uh, what else we got going on? Illinois. Trying to think of it. Oh, you know what? Somebody else asked a question. Somebody mentioned something about. Come on. This is a problem with doing this by yourself. Fred says, shifting gears, what are your thoughts on Mickey mentioning that recruit in his press conference? Uh, two things. Number one, I'll say this. It's very interesting. I, I think about the difference that's happened in the last three years with this kind of stuff. I, three years ago, people would have blown up and said, oh, my God, that's a recruiting violation, and everybody would have shit themselves. And uh, the NCAA probably would have gone, oh, that's a recruiting violation. You, violations. And now you kind of look at it and you go, yeah, it's against the NCAA rules. Nobody gives a shit. They really don't. I mean, it might be two years from now, somebody will come back and go, hey, you violated a rule. Why don't you, uh, you know what? Uh, you can only have two pizza parties this week. For three weeks, you can't have more than two pizza parties. You know, there's your thing. And it just, the NCAA is so unbelievably toothless 
and unbelievably inconsequential. They recently released some nil guidelines, name image likeness guidelines. And if you look through them, they basically say that uh, schools can't provide an incentive directly to the recruits. Schools can't provide, you know, a booster can't give money to a collective and then say it's directed specifically like a, for this recruit. I, that's what my understanding is. Also, athletic departments can't provide services to a recruit unless they're available for the general population. Now, what this means is this, is if a recruit comes in, right, and they're going to get a Neil deal, which means that, remember the DeColdis Crawford ad that blew up and went everywhere? Okay, let's say you're a company that wants to have a recruit do re some advertising for you. Well, that recruit can't just get, the school can't just give them advertising. They can't give them designers to do their designs. Unless they make it available to the entire general student population. So, which, that was always true in the first place. But it's kind of weird how that works when they look at it and they go, you can't do this for a recruit. You can't do it for free for a player. But at the same time, you go, unless it's available for the student population, then you turn that around and you kind of go, wait a minute, I'm pretty sure the student population doesn't kind of come in and use the really nice, fancy gym, you know, the, the weight room. They don't get to use the nice hot tubs. They don't get to go to the training table. So it, it's just weird. But to answer the, the, basically the question is, number one, I guess the guy who asked the question was kind of a, a newer reporter, uh, not a established media, I don't want to say that. He was a novice media guy and didn't know that he shouldn't ask about the recruit by name. And I, I think Mitch Sherman, I know a lot of you probably don't like Mitch Sherman because you think he's a chain yanker, but I think he does a good job. Uh, he mentioned that, uh, you know, it's not that big a deal. Let's all move on. And part of it is, as you're kind of mentioning, it's not that big a deal. Get off this young reporter's ass. It, that's kind of what it is. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's that big a deal. I think he probably could make it into a big deal by saying Mickey Joseph should know better if he's going to be a head coach. And if you're one of those people who are like, I don't want Mickey to be a head coach, he could go out there and thrash around in the weeds and shake things a lot and make noise, and it would really amount to nothing. Uh, oh goodness gracious! Just remember the Kift walked off from the Tennessee Volunteers and walked from the USC team. Screw bringing him in here. I don't think Lane Kiffin's coming here anyway. I really haven't looked. The other thing did, I did that video about how Husker fans, no matter who we hire, are going to be disappointed. I got There were a lot of comments on that video on YouTube. And I think that I, there were a lot of comments. Like on Facebook, when you go look at the comments on our Facebook page, I am surprised a lot of the time how just nasty some of them are. I don't know what it is about Facebook. I used to think years ago that YouTube commenters were the worst people on the planet. Now I look at Facebook and go, my God, what the hell are all you people this angry? But uh, I think that people went to watch the disappoint you all be disappointed in the coach we hired video thinking that I had some outside inside information on a coach. And what I took for granted is this. We're not going to know who our head coach is for probably at least until the middle of November. And I thought about doing a YouTube short about this thing just to emphasize my point, but we, there's no reason for us to be in a hurry to hire a coach here. 
it's not like other teams are out there going to hire people off the street or hire other people before we get to them because we're in the middle of a season. And what that means is you can have time for Trev's Albert's search to take place and go out and find potential candidates and talk to them and see if they're a good fit. There's not a rush. There's not, oh my God, you have to save the recruiting class in time because you still have time for uh, Mickey to recruit and another coach to come in and maybe keep Rick Mickey or maybe not keep Mickey or honestly even make Mickey the head coach. Uh, but we're not, we're still a month away, probably not, maybe not a month, but three weeks away from any indication. What has to happen? What has to happen in the next three weeks? All right. If you remember the last time this came around, we had that guy, that Sir Yacht guy. Do you remember him from the last Twitter go around? The Sir Yacht guy started tweeting stuff and everybody started following like he knew stuff. That guy hasn't come along yet. So in the next two weeks or week, we're going to have to see somebody on Twitter that will start tweeting information. Somebody, some nobody knows, start tweeting information that sounds credible. And then we're going to have to go, oh, my God, this guy might know what he's talking about. Like he has some kind of insider track that nobody else has. And then we're going to have to follow him. And then we're going to have to, and he's going to be the next Twitter guy that's going to lead us down some path. And, you know, that has to happen before we get a coach. And that's why, really, I personally haven't looked at all our candidates and really figured out who I'd like us to hire and who I haven't. All right. <clears throat> 30 minutes of me talking by myself. Oh, my God, I think I'm going to fall over. Uh, Blaine Cole tweets or has this. I assume that is Cornhuskers in Japanese. Is that like a character per character thing? Because that's, I don't know. I don't know a damn thing about Japanese. Uh, Cornusker Corner makes a good point. If Trev hires Mickey, he buys himself a second chance at the hire. No one would blame Trev for Mickey if he doesn't work out, draft up the contract. That's probably a very good point, and I wonder if it's true. <laughs> uh, does he buy himself a second chance? <sighs> You know, that that sounds plausible. I think we won't hate Trev if he hires Mickey and Mickey doesn't work out. We'll just kind of look at it and go, well, it was kind of a shot we took. And, you know, maybe, maybe you're right. And there's more from Cornhusker Corner. On the other hand, if he hires some guy that he likes, it's definitely on Trev in the eyes of the fans. Mm, yeah, that's true. I mean, it is his job. I guess for me, I look at Trev Alberts and I think, uh, I think what's really important, not just beyond hiring the right football coach, is having the organization all kind of get together. And I think under Bill Moose, the organization got very scattered. In other words, it didn't, it wasn't copacetic. That's the word. You know, not everybody was moving together. Not everybody seemed to have the same goals and visions. And I think when you have, <clears throat> when you have, uh, what is it, 22 sports, you have the coaches and the assistant coaches, all their supports, all those sports, and you have all the assistants and the trainers and all the, the nutrition people and all the people who are staff people, and they should all have the same vision and they should all be there for the same purpose. And that is, you know, getting the most out of their student athletes. You, you know, it's about winning, but it, 
Does anybody pay attention to bowling wins or rifle wins? They certainly do. But it's still about making the experience the best for young people to be at the University of Nebraska, I think. And I think under Bill Moose, I think a lot of that stuff got scattered around. And I'm thinking about the – I'm speculating on some of this stuff. I don't really have any big information. Um when you looked at the media contracts, how they brought all the media stuff inside and then they went back out and sold it off again after uh, Trev showed up, I think that's an indication that there was there people didn't really know where they were going and what they were doing. And Cornhusker Corner points out, even our branding is inconsistent. That is one of the things that Trev is supposedly changing going forward. Bring blonde Herbie back. <laughs> I, I, you know, the only thing I'll say about our mascots is this. I love Little Red, and I know a vast majority or a great number of you hate him. And I still want to do a story video about Little Red, and, and that's something for the future. All right. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, We, we are a volleyball and blowing school. I think that should be bowling school. Get over it. Well, I, right now we are probably a volleyball and bowling school. Where rifle team does pretty well. Uh, women's basketball, I, you know, women's softball won the Big Ten last year. Uh, <laughs> wrestling, we're not bad at wrestling. And you know what? That, that, brings, that brings up a story I'll tell you. Earlier today on Instagram, I saw a photo of uh, Mark Manning. And I, I don't know how Mark, old Mark Manning is. I suspect he's around my age. Uh, but being around Mark Manning, you literally can get addicted to meth with being around Matt, Mark Manning just by being next to him because he's that energetic a guy. And this photo on Instagram, he's got to be, I don't know, 60 years old. And he still looks like he could kick the shit out of a lot of people. And for some reason, now we keep getting porn people coming in again. Okay. I'll tell you a story about Mark Manning and I'll go, and I probably told this story ago uh, before. I I was at, I think it was the Big Ten Wrestling Championship at Williams Arena in Minnesota. I think it was 2019, the year before the pandemic. And I walked into, you know, one of the areas where they were feeding everybody, and Mark Manning was there. And Nebraska Sid, and I can't remember the kid's name, young man's name, he was standing there talking to Mark Manning and he was reading him off all of what happened the night before with all of the teams. Like, you know, he's like the, I don't know, the basketball team did this, the women's basketball team did this, the, you know, I don't know what it was, tennis, whatever. And he sees me standing there looking at him and I've met him before. And he looks at me and he goes, Hey, I'm a Husker. And what that meant was he was interested in what, how all the other teams were doing because these are his colleagues. And whenever I think about our athletic department moving together in, in, a, in a line with a vision or in the same direction, that's what I think of. I think of all of our coaches, all of our assistant coaches, all of our strength people, our conditioning people, nutrition people, our sports psychologists, all their staff. I want every one of them to look at themselves and say, I'm a Husker. And I, I think that a lot of times that very simple idea gets lost. And it gets lost because sometimes you just have people come into an organization that are all about themselves. And they can be very detrimental to an organization. 
And I probably, you can guess where I could go with that. And I think that that's all I'm really going to say about that because it's in the past, hopefully. And I think that that's when you look at Trev Alberts and look at this whole idea of, is he going to hire a coach? And if they, it's not a good hire, is, does he have to go too? I think that if he is a, if he is an athletic director that can keep his athletic, the whole athletic department aligned with, I'm a Husker and we all have the same vision. I think that he'll be fine and for the long term. And I hope so because, you know, Trev Albert seems like a pretty decent guy and he seems very professional. He seems like he knows what he's doing. And I think with that, I'm probably going to sign off for the night. And because uh, I, I, my God, it's exhausting talking this much. I mean, sometimes when I'm home working alone, I have arguments with myself that, but they don't last 37 minutes. <laughs> okay. Is there any other points, any other questions you guys have about what's going on in the world? Well, at least with athletics. There's a big world out there. Uh, all right. We'll leave with Cornhusker Corner. I, by the way, thanks all of you for showing up and staying this long. Uh, I think a lot of fans, including myself, see greatness in Mickey, but he has the next three games to prove he can be great here. Go Big Red. That's probably a good point. I'm not 100% sold on Mickey Joseph as a head coach because his inexperience, his inexperience uh, really bothers me a lot in terms of, in terms of will he be successful? I don't think we want some something that's just going to be a learn-on-the-job thing. On the other hand, if he could surround himself with really experienced people, I don't, you know, maybe he can do great things. I think Mickey Joseph is going to be bound for greatness somewhere, whether it's in Nebraska or not. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see. And I think I'll let it go at that. I know uh, Sam Roberts says, please don't leave us yet, John. We desperately need you. I'm not dying yet. At least I don't think so. <laughs> so I'll be back soon. You guys take care of yourselves. Go Big Red.